0: Tony, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Apart from this annoying box that's now around to break <laughs> my technology this morning. Um, but it's good. I will get it fixed, but at least we're here and we're chatting, which is all that matters. Um, Tony, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, You're everybody, welcome. and welcome back to the six sessions. This is the first six sessions back in the new six and Flow offices. Although my wife has now tested positive for COVID, so it's not actually gonna happen in the offices, it was gonna be the first back in the offices, but unfortunately I'm now back in the home office. The six sessions have given me the opportunity to chat with some amazing people in the growth space, primarily across marketing, sales, and CX, but not always. And today's guest is definitely about growth. She's doing the thing for the people doing the thing. With a lot of sales experience from SDR to a head of role, today's guest understands the role of a salesperson what they need to support them, and how sales fits within the overall growth model. And that's how she finds herself doing RevOps for the people trailblazing RevOps with Ebster. I'm absolutely amazed I've not stumbled over my own words yet. <laughs> From fine arts to recruitment to sales to RevOps, there's quite a bit of personal growth in there too. If you're considering ways to accelerate and perfect growth in 2022, today's guest is someone who's going to shed some light on your next move, or at the very least, you'll be entertained for 30 minutes on a Friday afternoon. These chats are designed to be short and sweet, but hopefully full of insight. Definitely unfiltered, which makes fun for me, even if you do hear some background noises in my house as my kids come back. Um, Joining us from the capital, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Ed's very own RevOps Wizard, Tony Heavey. Tony, welcome to the Six Sessions.
1: Great to be here.
0: So, Tony, to kick off, let's talk about the first time we met which sticks in my <laughs> mind and will always stick in my mind and i'm sure i've recounted the story to many many people since um so the first time we met you're one of those kind of i i would categorize you as somebody who is a whiteboard thinking kind of person so you like to get up yep. put things down on a whiteboard and ebster is team players i'm not judging you for that a little bit but um and But our first call was on Zoom where you mm-hmm. didn't have a blurred background set up. Teams normally blurred, Zoom not so much. On the board behind you, standard SAS checklist for this person, this process, do this thing. And also yeah. buy turtle stuff, top of the list. Yeah. So I remember being sat on this call with you and all of a sudden reading buy turtle stuff and be like, we have to stop talking. <laughs> like, what, what the hell is this? That That is the best Zoom intro call I've ever had
1: yeah yeah for sure I was um obviously you're like you you go how about I'm gonna go speak to my partners here 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 be super serious and everything and then you're like sorry could I just stop you there Tony what are you buying turtle stuff for I was like oh my god why haven't got my blur on but uh yeah inherited a turtle (laughs) and yeah that's that's how that's how it went down so
0: how's 2021 been for you
1: great it's been really really good uh lots of change obviously job change as well uh lots of big decisions change of job change of industry uh got a neck tattoo so i went full 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 effort mode um but yeah no it's been really really good really happy really grounded yeah i couldn't couldn't be happier at the moment actually
0: good what so the the change of career obviously i know where you've gone but where did you go where did you come from where did you go to
1: Where did it come from? So uh, previously, I was at um, I was at RG, um, so Reward um, Gateway. So they were uh, an employee engagement uh, business. So they basically facilitated the technology that kind of supports all the different all the different pillars. Um, And then a guy who I previously knew, um, uh, just from chats, kind of industry and kind of chatting to him about self development, all these different areas. Guy reached out to me, um, like
0: and CEO of that,
1: yeah, see you on um, yeah. Ebster. Yeah, um, always loved him. He's such a character. Um, yeah, and he reached out about um, April time this year. He popped me a WhatsApp, said, Do you fancy a chat? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, go on then. Had a chat with him. I was like, OK, cool. Then I had a chat with Dan, who's our uh, chief uh, growth officer. Then Dan gave me some bits to read. Went down a YouTube hole for about eight hours. And yeah, and then here I am. Um,
0: and so, what, what does Ebster do? Like, I think that's Ebster. probably a good place to start
1: yeah well apart from obviously being amazing um so epstar is a, uh, a relationship centric uh revenue intelligence platform for b2b commercial teams so we essentially surface and visualize um all of the wonderful bits of data that you kind of scream out for in a commercial team so your win rates your average deal cycles your cycles your, your velocity all that sort of stuff all the beautiful bits that you kind of normally knee deep in, in spreadsheets with um but all of that is kind of Underpinned by our ability to be able to codify uh, relationship strength and engagement strength across um, the entirety of the prospect and the, and the customer journey. So, the name of our game really is to provide improved forecasting to, to be able to remove uh, risk from, from pipelines, uh, but also support like ABM client bases as well as um, basically being able to kind of fully optimize that, that sales performance um, across the board as well. So, yeah, really nice, beautiful stuff.
0: And, okay. So... Let's dig into that So why would I care about relationship strength? Why like in a sales process, what does that mean? Yeah.
1: I think why would you care? I think you can have you can have two things that look the same. You can have like you're right, you've got two contacts, you've got two accounts, you've got two opportunities, they can be in this you can have that same static data, you know, like right, it's in this stage, these things have happened, and wonderful, we're gonna hope and pray that they kind of close at the same rate and that sort of stuff. Um the reason to why you should care is a journey that I've been on as well. So I've, I've come from a proper sales background with KPIs, throw more at it, do this, do that. Um, but to be able to actually understand like the reciprocal relationship and engagement that you have either with a person, either with a buying team account or a live opportunity that you've got in, in your pipeline is just so fundamental to have the insight and the additional, I suppose, data dimensions to be able to work out really what is what. Um, so like outside of traditional CRM, You've got a level of insight, but in order to kind of go that level deeper when you're looking at um, genuine sales performance and behaviours and skills and all that sort of stuff to be able to go, right, we're going to put in that and we're going to get out that. It just gives you that extra level of detail that just kind of blows your mind when you first see it. And you're like, wow, why haven't, it, why haven't we had this beforehand? So I suppose the, the caring is it's it's taken it from good to, to, to great
0: but it also sits not just in sales though, right so like relationships don't just relate to sales process
1: no absolutely not so and i think again a lot of organizations you you tend to see um people really only care about opportunities like once an opportunity is live great then we'll start caring about it um but for me it's where this can kind of sit because it can sit at, it can sit at a contact level it can sit within your ABM strategy to where you're looking at intent and like across the whole ecosystem that's where you're like wow this can sit absolutely everywhere when you've got like this this i suppose this this north star metric that you can apply in different levels of business depending on what your business does where it is what it is that you want to do you can apply it to sales process you can do it in cs and building out the accounts and making sure that you are cross selling up selling to the right people at the right time like it is it's a it's pandora's box of just amazing usefulness.
0: <laughs> what what's your role at stuff? So EBS, EBSTER, Ebster builds this great relationship platform. Yeah,
1: what yeah. do you do for EBSTER? What do I do? So I'm, I'm head of Ebster's internal um, revenue operations. So like chief problem creator and solver.
0: <laughs> 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 so so matches yeah. and water.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of, um, we obviously you've got to be practicing what you preach. So we we really kind of pride ourselves on being i suppose our best our best case study really so i um, just making sure that we're in the midst of all the technologies that we kind of integrate into on top of the crms that we integrate into as well so my job is to kind of get in get into the the bounds of absolutely everything so whether it's optimizing whether it's building and creating it and um, but making sure that we've um, we've got insight into all the different areas that we ultimately are going to support our clients with as well all
0: right give, give me some stats so why why if i were to move to like a relationship model or if i were to start mm-hmm. focusing on rev what's it actually going to do for my business so you're and, and using you guys as the case study what kind of numbers mm-hmm. you write me?
1: right there's loads of numbers and i love numbers and i love data but <laughs> i'll give you one right just the one the one the one that i'm putting in all sales emails at the moment <laughs> is um <laughs> is if you can when some of the results that we've seen, right? So you obviously you look at a pipeline risk, you're looking at all these different elements that you can do in regards to revops. The one metric that I've seen that we we were able to we so we did a B2B benchmark report um last last financial year which was incredible they, they i think we pulled out something like one billion pounds worth of pipeline, something incredible like that pulled out all the data understood like what engagement and relationships do alongside these different parts of the pipeline and we looked at the correlation between relationship and engagement strength and what impact that had um on um win rates and you could actually see win rates going from like from like ten percent up to like sixty percent, like so, you can actually see win rates increase by like times ten just from having this particular metric that you can actually influence. So that's the metric I'm going to give you. That one times ten win rates. That's that's the beauty one. <laughs> All
0: right. So RevOps, RevOps is a kind of a a, a well used buzzword at the moment. But yeah. what does it what does it actually mean? Like why why should companies be considering it?
1: I think what it actually means—it is definitely a buzzword right now. Just as how everything kind of starts, and I think there's such a lack of understanding outside of like the the black and white of right. Okay, you deal with tech stack and process and reporting. Um, but I think the reality is is that it looks different everywhere that you go. I think no SaaS organisation has opened a winning by design book and gone right. Okay, wonderful. Let's build it exactly like this. Like everyone's took a different journey. Um, so it just doesn't it just doesn't work like that. So I think depending on kind of what who the growth stage um, that your organisation is at. Ultimately, it needs to basically align to um, the, the needs of your organisation. So for me, how I would personally interpret to interpret RevOps, it's it's a mindset. It's a um, it's a way of operating it's a singular lens to be able to kind of look through. So your north star is ultimately always going to be revenue. You kind of build and you optimise like your infrastructure and your processes for your teams against that, and make sure that they're aligned to to your to your business goals. That's that's how I'd kind of describe it.
0: Okay. Um, where does RevOps normally sit within an organization? So like for you, like uh, individually, what does your team look like and like who you report to and then extrapolate that to what RevOps looks like across normal organizations. Not that Ebster yeah. is an abnormal organization, but you know what I mean? Other organizations. <laughs> yeah,
1: so over here looks absolutely yeah. mental no. so, um <laughs> Yeah, where we'd like to be. No, so Again, it kind of depends. It's very situational. I think um, you can sit as an extension of like your normal operation teams that you've got, like in sales and your marketing teams, um, or you can um, be in like a real nice um, rate of growth. You're, you're going into like, kind of that enterprise side, and you can have that binds into into finance in the end. Um, where we're kind of at ABN, me. Um, so I'm currently one 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 man band at the moment. Um, kind of depending on kind of where I'm sitting and who I'm kind of working with, but I'm essentially an extension of all commercial um, teams. Teams and also uh, product teams as well. So I um, directly report into um, Dan Dan Remedios, which is our uh, Chief Growth Officer. Yeah. Uh, but I've also got a um, dotted line into uh, Zach Roberts as well, who's our Chief yeah. Operating Officer. So we're kind of like a, I'm in like the trio of dreams at the moment.
0: <laughs> and <clears throat> how did you get into growth? Like you didn't grow, you started in finance, like that is it's it's not your normal pathway no. <laughs> going from kind of fine arts to revs.
1: No, absolutely not. So I originally so I did fine art at um university. So I originally wanted to be um an art teacher. Yeah. So uh I took a year out. Um I started um off my first like sales job which was kind of selling um advertisement space and I absolutely loved it. I don't know if it was the environment the selling or whatever it was but it was just one of the most hilarious jobs that I had. I earned a packet at like 21 as well. So there's no way I'm going back to uni. Um so I think how how did I get into, into SAS and end up joining UpSaS? So I was I was working at um I was doing inside sales at um an online university. Um I was reached out to um by Reward Gateway my first job. So I um that was like my first kind of taste of kind of like SaaS. I was like um I was a first gen outbound SDR. It was absolutely amazing I absolutely loved it it was like creative i had a blank canvas it was so process driven um i was it was kind of like you're the expert go, go and do it sort of thing um and i just got left to it so it was absolutely amazing so i kind of kind of worked my way up there did head of sales development um in my last uh, couple of years that i was there i think a total was probably there for about seven years or so um and then yeah and then, then i moved over to Epstar. so it was kind of like it was although it was like totally didn't nobody goes oh yeah do you know what? I'm gonna go into sales nobody does that but I kind of got into it on a certain side of things kind of found that I love the process side of bits and I just worked out how to do another little bit and another little bit and I just kind of kept going from there and then I just found like a really nice environment where I had some great people around me um some great leadership and just a lot of um a lot of ability to be able to one be kind of put in at the deep end but also looked after with um, a bit of an autonomy kind of thrown in there as well
0: everybody that i speak to on these six sessions i think out of the 30 40 people i've spoken to so far two maybe three planned to go into growth so marketing or sales the yeah. rest of us myself included yeah either fell into it or at least ended up in it as a divergence so it's, um, it's interesting it's, um, so so <clears throat> uh well, i've totally lost my place in the questions now um for you, what's the most important growth play for companies at the moment? And I'm so that that was the original question. I'm still going to stick to that. So, what's the most important growth play for companies at the moment? But also for so you have you ton of sales experience, right? So you you mm. you grew up through sales. You've you've done the yeah. yards and like SDR outbound inbound blah blah blah. Yeah. Now that you sit elevated above that, and I don't mean that disrespectfully to sales, but now that you kind of sit in a RevOps position above that. What would be some tips that you would say for a salesperson now going through that same kind of journey? What focus get the numbers up? How they influence their revenue? Like, do you have any tips or tidbits that you could throw their way to go? Here is something really helped me. And also here's something that helped me now that I know how to do it from the next level.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. So I think. All of the, I suppose, like, all of the things, right, okay, so you've, at the moment, you've got LinkedIn voice notes, for instance, you've got video, you've got video, you hold hold up these whiteboards, like, hey, I've done my research, and this is actually a personal video, I swear, like, all of these things, like, what five years ago weren't really being utilized right but for me the theory the objectives the the fundamental methodology that sits behind everything doesn't really change that much like the the way the humans work the way the business works that like those things will ultimately kind of look a little bit look primarily the same right now but it's all the kind of tools and the bits that it is that you kind of sit on top of that to in order to kind of execute on these things so what I would probably say to like SDRs um, at, at like kind of going into their careers right now or even AE Anybody really that kind of going into sales understand why you're doing something in the first place. Like understand the objective of why a certain thing is in a certain place for a certain reason. Because the the minutes a new technology or a new thing comes out, you'll know exactly how to kind of effectively utilize it to its best possible way to get the best possible impact. But just learn, just learn, learn why things are built the way that they are, and then pretty much anything that you come into contact is just going to be light work after that.
0: Good good tidbit. I like it. I think like the those so LinkedIn voice notes. I I've actually only been hit up by them maybe twice. And both times yeah. I've found it super creepy. Like it really doesn't work <laughs> for me. It just doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. The the video stuff. So we video in the sales process, I think, is gold dust because it still allows you to well, originally it allowed you to just be different, which is I think is when those new mm. tactics fundamentally yeah. the baseline is them, is you are your what do they call it pattern interrupt like yes. you're just changing the way that somebody is expecting to receive back from you but i think now with the video and sales process it's it's become more than just a pattern interrupt it's also an easier way to digest some of that content and it also humanizes sure. the process and stuff so but sure. i think it for me like my tip to sales people would be just Focus on the stuff that it like. Don't fall into the trap of using everybody else's template. Like I like yep. or like what it, what's the the famous one? It's like, oh, you must not be responding to me because you you've fallen down a ditch and you need help or like that kind of bullshit. Like <laughs> like stock response. <laughs> don't do that. Do things that are different and personalized to you and personalized to like who you're going after. Okay. So yep. back to the original question. What do you think yep. the most important growth play is for companies right now? Great question.
1: I think. For me, it's always going to be situational. I think you've got to understand where it is that you're at. I think growth plays, the reason to why RevOps is so white hot at the moment and why it's just gone astronomical over the last couple of years is because it is an absolute no-brainer. It just makes good sense. And I think once you've got, if you're an organisation that's kind of got your, your product market fit, next next portal really is going, right, okay, go to market fit, all your strategy that it is, that's kind of attached, fueling that, Fire over and over again in regards to volume is probably one of the biggest things that I would say that is going to be integral to, to growth because volume with that you kind of you get to learn as quick as possible, right? So you, you learn about your market, you also learn internally about the things that it is that you've built. So I would say the growth play you want to you want to isolate, you want to understand, you can then improve your your infrastructure, the the behaviors that are kind of set against it with teams as well. You'll have a good understanding of like your business level report and like your attribution outside but I would say like focus on your unit economics grow intelligently alongside like the value that it is provide into to the market forget about your like your vanity volume um like inbound leads Like oh we've got a thousand inbound leads great so what um you want to focus on your conversions like there is no point of just throwing more at something like there's so much to be done within organisations, even in RevOps, like in RevOps that sell RevOps, there's so much to be done to optimise, to just improve these little tiny metrics here, there and everywhere, where you don't have to throw the volume at certain things. Like just go really like go internally, look at stuff and um, affect the, the incremental bits because the compound, the compound effects of those are astronomical. Like the growth play start internally first.
0: So RevOps is about alignment as well, right? Oh, so like we're, we're yeah. talking about bringing certain teams together, like pointing them in the same direction, then starting to make mm-hmm. those uh, incremental gains. I think if you put yeah. it into the, the British cycling parlance, but how how do you align teams? Because like historically you have sales, you have marketing, marketing blame sales, sales blame marketing. There is historically, not always now, but there's friction between the two. Like what some of your tips to getting, getting them on the same page?
1: Do you know what? It's having adult honest conversations. It's really it's not that it's really not that difficult. I think if if you're if if you're focused on rebops and aligning people, it is about first and foremost getting your I won't swear, getting your ducks in a row, right, and being like, you right, this is what it is that we're this, this, right, totally get your shit in all <laughs> that though, <laughs> right, so it's about getting, it like, okay, right, this is our goal, this is what it is that we're looking to achieve, right, and then you need, you need key players in each of your areas that are, are genuinely aligned to wanting to make a difference and wanting to make an impact, and the minute that you can go, right, okay, wonderful, this is our goal here, and this is how it drops into your team, you focus everything on that, I'm going to make sure that I support and enable you and take information from there and feed it in here and get that and then over there to make sure that our ecosystem it's really not that difficult like you just need to have real strong communication lines you need to have someone the people in different areas that have got tenacity and and give a shit um and it kind of rolls from there like just have honest conversations keep the feedback loop super super tight make sure that you're having weeklies make sure you're having monthlies that you've got reporting you've got visibility everywhere but just make sure that people communicate properly like sometimes slack is the devil sometimes it's great at the whole channel all that sort of stuff but you know what it really don't hurt just to pick up the phone as well
0: um, i've got two questions from uh, linkedin first one yep. my first ever job was in sales and i did learn loads very quickly but unfortunately got burnt out after nearly two years any tips on how to avoid that state
1: yeah absolutely i think um I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, mental health, especially within within sales, within commercial teams as well. I think you you need to be really super strict with yourself no nobody no business is going to turn around and be like excuse me you're working far too hard and making too much money for us like that's not going to happen so you have to really um take responsibility for yourself and know that you've got to stay close to yourself make sure that you you're giving yourself good breaks that you do having that you cut yourself off at the end of the day like I say right no I'm not doing that sort of stuff um invest in um your your these different things that are going to allow you to have a bit more brain space so whether it is taking the space away from technology turning off at a certain point in the night meditating like whatever it is that you need to do to to kind of improve and take a break whatever meditation might look it might be go play the drums for an hour whatever it is but take responsibility yourself because no nobody's going to turn around and go oh you know what you're really burnt out have a week off not going to happen so um yeah just um invest in yourself as much as you invest in your career
0: I think it helps to, uh, to remember why you're doing the job as well. So like, even, even if your driver within that role is going to make loads of money, why are you making that money? Like, what are you planning to do with that money? And remember to actually focus on like the activity of spending it and like the, the process that you're going through. So don't just get yeah, sucked sure. into the make more money, make more money. Um, yep. Next question, Michael Graham has asked, how focused are RevOps on ABM versus wider industry-based targeting and so on?
1: Really, really good question. Um, I think they're two of the same. It's just two strategies in two different markets. I think ABM has always been, I mean, ABM has been around for years. It's only just more and more highlighted now because people have technology to be able to enable it. So ABM is, it's it's beautiful because you, obviously you've got these data points, you've got tech like, you've got intent um, data, you've got um, revenue intelligence, wonderful technology, uh, 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 Abs provides, um, but then also you got the, the I know what as well. <laughs> yeah, I really wish I'd mentioned something before, but um, I think. I think they're both equally as important. I think RevOps is there to facilitate all parts of the market in, in different ways and I think the, the more access we've got to tools and data, like you just use them in different ways I think, yeah, it, it, we, we should be everywhere, everywhere across the business um, in regards to what's important. If obviously you're only selling into enterprise and you've only got a finite amount of um, organisations to, to kind of go after, you're going to be solely focused there. But if you're like B2B and you're looking for more of a plug and play solution and you're hitting that SMB corporate market, you're obviously going to expand more into market. And more into kind of optimization and, and, where, and where you can kind of real go out out to market at scale. So I think it, it kind of just depends, but I think everywhere, absolutely everywhere.
0: So other than the six sessions, how do you keep mm-hmm. up to date with what's going on in the growth space? Like how, how do you stay ahead of the curve? Learn who do you follow yeah. that kind of stuff?
1: I think um, obviously you've got key players um, for me. There is there is a lack of not a lack of um, thought leaders within the RevOps space, because that's 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 a complete lie. But I think you wanna you wanna know use cases, right? It's all well and good going like, oh, this is what RevOps does. Wonderful. How do I do this particular thing? So I think it's really important to follow um, thought leadership of CS. Of sales development, of closing rules, of products, what, whatever it might be. So, I think you just need to almost have your hands in absolutely every single pie. But some of the people that I follow, um, so you got Andrew Chen, um, love a bit of Mark Roberg, um, Jacko uh, Van Der Kuich, uh, I literally can't put his stuff down. Absolutely amazing. But um, I would say um,
0: there's, there's big Dan Remedios as well. Don't forget.
1: Big Dan, gotta love a bit of Big Dan. Yeah, follow Dan around all day, asking questions all day. It's like. Go away no um but yeah absolutely like surround yourself with some really good people and just ask questions like curiosity is just the one I think the more you ask questions the more it is that you're going to learn um google alerts are your best friends set up google alerts for things that it is that you're interested in that you want to know more you'll have a load of crap in there but you'll also have some really good stuff in there and then you'll find like more of the stuff from the horse's mouth so you start to sub to different places um and just make a conscious effort to put aside from learning time for yourself the only way really is to is to learn and understand a little bit more but just absorb yourself in whatever it is that you want to
0: do in the so I asked the same question to Terence Quark two weeks ago he's a uh, Vidyard and mm. he was saying he like and and I this is kind of it formulated my thinking around it is I now where I am in my career now I I think the mark of knowing that I'm working with a really good talented team internally as well is that I have less and less appetite to like go external for knowledge. Cause I'm, I'm yep. soaking up a lot of that from like the internal team as well. Um, so like yep. that is it, it's the first time in my career where I feel like that it's become as much of in focus, the internal knowledge as the external knowledge. And it's nice to like pull those things together as well. And, like, absolutely, You've got some like pretty smart people. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think some of the, like you said, like I think as you get older, as you get more experienced, you're like, do you know what? I actually need to be surrounded by some really wicked people, not just like internally, like value driven. And you want to be around people that are kind of, I suppose, aligned to the same things that you are as well. And you're absolutely right. Like when, when I got here, I was like, the half of the charm is the fact that you've got really beautiful people around you. But also I'm like, wow, I get to tap into your brain every single day and I can, I can actually this, I can actually that. Um, and really that is just, it's just so invaluable.
0: My favorite question: What's your biggest career fuck up so far? The one that you <laughs> learned the most from?
1: You know what? I don't have many fuck ups, Rich. No, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I've, there's been any major fuck ups, but there's definitely been some deep, deep, and steep learning curves. And for me, I think um, many people that are kind of in similar, similar. Um, roles um to, to myself I've got I've, I, there tends to be like a, a consistency across us all but for me prioritization has always been a real difficult one like everything is important absolutely everything so I think there's been times where I haven't really had that north star you know where like I've not done things in the right order or given things the right attention um in, in the ways that it is that I've needed to so it never really impacted me in previous roles because I was kind of I was in a bit of a pool, you've got other people kind of doing bits you can kind of sit in the background a little bit um so I think when I moved to EBSTA, I um I found out pretty quickly that you can't just operate like that without any consequences and you can't just crack on. So I think very quickly Dan was like, right, okay, your North Star is impacting revenue. And I was like, okay, cool, got that. So I think when when you can start with that, everything else kind of then has to come second and you can obviously be like very, very efficient. But I think working with Dan, who's obviously he leads up the vision and he gives gives you the why and the what and then having the dotted line into Zach has been incredible because they're both incredible operators in, in their own domains, but um, I think normally I'll go away and I'll build things from my own head, go to level 27, and I'm like, it's wonderful and it's beautiful because I'm so used to kind of working in a silo and it doesn't really matter outside of what it is that I'm doing. So I'm, I'm like the kind of the mass of my own little universe, but working with them both has kind of taught me to one, slow down, build something simple within level one, learn the foundations, be able to kind of like document, iterate, govern and like then adding my layers from there and it's ultimately allowed me to kind of scale my skill set as well but no no major fuck-ups just maybe a couple of side eyes from Dan now and then where I'm like okay I'll get back on, on my lane and I'll go down this way but um yeah so I think I think just highlighting probably my own development areas and being like right okay you actually need to it's not about multitasking anymore it's about single tasking and getting your head down and making sure you're doing the right thing I'm,
0: I'm really happy you've had a strong and steady career but I was hoping for more fireworks if I'm being totally honest
1: <laughs> I've had plenty of personal fuck (laughs) offs.
0: What excites you most about marketing and growth right now?
1: Oh, think about this one. Okay, I think it's ever changing, isn't it? I think everything is ever changing. I think with tech, how humans kind of communicate, how it flows into like behavioral economics. We've gone from memes to gifts to platforms now like TikTok to where they've just sparked like a brand new way of like expressing culture and language and all these different things. I find it absolutely fascinating because these trends ultimately start to filter into the way people advertise, the way people buy and how we consume. Um, and what I find exciting about marketing and growth and, and just business in general is I suppose how it translates into me is being able to kind of build these infrastructures, these ecosystems that kind of, that can adjust and align and kind of evolve alongside all these different mad things. Like how business was five years ago is really linear sales process. Now it's like, what do we do now? Oh, we just optimize when they just get to this point now. So I think for me, the the exciting bit is that it just never stops and it's like, right. Okay. What, what information is going to flow where, how is it going to translate into how people buy or how we market and all those different bits. So yeah, for me, it's, 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 it's understanding what these impacts will be two, three years down the road, what RevOps will eventually turn into, how it will manifest and yeah, where we go with it all.
0: And what are your plans for 2022? Like personally and for stuff?
1: Oh, I think, I think I've definitely found my home um, in regards to domain, but also with EBSA as well. I think landing landing a RevOps role within RevOps technology business is kind of the inception kind of dream world. Um, I think the plan for me personally now is to kind of just go deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole, get really stable and, and really just keep going along this line. Um, I think with that comes EBSA as well. Obviously, we want to continue to take our platform to market Uh, we want to continue to kind of democratize this technology not just kind of for leadership but also to the to the me's back in the days the aes out there um, to to really build a community of the the high performers that really care about the same things that it is that we do as well and just kind of build that community of kind of like data-driven underdogs and eventually take over the marketing world
0: data-driven underdogs i like that yeah big top line question to finish with what's next in growth where should people be focusing
1: i think i think it probably translates to similar to to, to your other question i think how people buy how people consume i think i think we've got to, to some extent start throwing out the rule book on the way um and the way that we do things the way that we look at things i think even small things like internally, like we got our graphic designer to look at some of the dashboards um, for our users um, to look at the ultimate like user experience. And I think RevOps, like the focus of RevOps, align it to where you are, where you're at, and like your needs, and obviously do it doing just doing things differently. I think where where we've got to go. Well, it's always looked this way. Like forget the way that it looks. Like what what could it be like? get a whiteboard out, (laughs) get a whiteboard out, start sketching up some stuff and forget what the roles used to look like and the silos that it used to be. And I think RevOps has taught me that, do you know what? Yeah, frameworks and all these different things and these business or go-to-market strategies are all wonderful, but do you know what? You can tear them all up and stitch them all together and kind of have what it is that you want with the different outputs that you want. So, yeah, I would say um, forget vanity metrics, forget how things look, build, build something beautiful based on what it is that you need.
0: Tony, thanks for doing the six sessions with me. If anyone wants to follow up You're with you, welcome. or find out about, um, more about Ebster or connect with you, how do you want them to do it?
1: Um, so if you go on to LinkedIn, my email, my Twitter, and my member number's there, feel free, all of the above.
0: Perfect. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll thanks see you next so week.